Support for this WXAV podcast is being provided by Bookies, new and used books. Located at 10324 Southwestern Avenue in Chicago. With a second location at 2015 Ridge Road in Homewood, Bookies specializes in new and used books. Their selection includes new releases, children's books, and bestsellers. For more information and upcoming events, please visit bookieschicago.com. You can also find them on Facebook by searching Bookies Chicago. This podcast is being brought to you by WXAV 88.3 FM and WXAV.com. WXAV, bringing the best podcasts to you. So first question I want to ask is, new album was released on Friday uh, entitled Horror of Babylon. The first thing I want to ask about that, since it is in true fashion that you and the Silent Assassins have a lot of lyrical themes containing mythology and history, and it's no different for this one where it's lyrical themes based on like ancient Rome, Egypt, and characters like Cleopatra. What inspired you to go off into this direction as opposed to like the one on the last album, Pawn and Prophecy, where it was with Macbeth kind of themed? What inspired you to go off into this direction for the new album? Yeah, well, you know, it wasn't anything specific. A lot of these lyrics I had for these albums, I've had them for many years. Like originally, a lot of the lyrics were intended for Symphony X records. So for whatever reason, they never made it onto the albums. So I had a lot of these lyrics laying around and that really helped me when I was doing the solo albums because I didn't have to come up with lyrics from scratch because I had them. So yeah, during the Porn and Prophecy days, that is just what I happened to pick at the time based on you know the riffs I was writing. And then right after Porn and Prophecy was over, I was really excited by the feedback and I wanted to jump right into another album. So I started writing some riffs and then I had some more lyrics left over and I did write a few, you know, maybe I would see something on the history channel or something, it would inspire me. So yeah, there wasn't really a method to my madness. The only method to my madness when I'm writing a record is I really want the album to kind of flow. I want to have some songs that are quick, some that are slow some that are long i want to kind of keep it interesting but that that's really all absolutely absolutely yeah it's always cool to kind of pull from past things you've written that you've just had sitting around and sometimes you can make some really cool stuff from it absolutely next thing i want to ask about is a lot of the bass sections that you have on some of your songs that are really cool because it's very as you are the bass player it's very kind of like solo arrangement like some of these songs begin especially like the last two tracks on the album the title track as well as avalon where you have these like i said a whole bass composition but solo bass it's arranged for solo bass which is very cool and it reminds me of jaco pastorius a little bit and i'd like to know if you draw a little influence from him especially as somebody a bass player who has made a name for himself in the progressive metal or just like prog community genre as a whole yeah well you know i um i have huge respect for jocko and you watch somebody like him play and it, it's mind-blowing it's mm. like almost inhuman so what i get from him is he has the guts to be a soloist you know and he puts the bass right out there and makes it a solo instrument you know and maybe he'll mimic like a horn or something like that mm-hmm. and so i definitely got that inspiration from him And as far as the content of what I was playing, I'd say about 15 years ago, I started listening to Blackmore's Night, and I really loved what Richie Blackmore was playing, all these like 
folky medieval kind of things. And I was like, wow, that's really cool. So I started to try to learn some of his riffs on the bass if they could be played, you know. So I kind of messed around with that. So a lot of the solo bass stuff is on the medieval-y kind of renaissance-y kind of folky thing. So I got a lot of influence with him. So I throw that in with the heavy metal stuff. It kind of really gives you a good picture of where I come from stylistically. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. That almost kind of reminds me of the newer bass player, more recently popular, Thundercat, who played in Suicidal Tendencies for years and years, but he's a funk and jazz bass player as well, and he combines those two. Are you familiar with Thundercat? You know, I've heard of him, but I never really heard his stuff. But since you brought it up, I think I'm going to go back and check him out. (laughs) Yeah, that sounds cool. I'll definitely check him out. But even as much as bass players who put the bass out there in solo i really love bass players that are also songwriters too mm-hmm. so i really admire people like you know steve harris from iron maiden because a lot of bass players don't write mm-hmm. uh unfortunately they get kind of complacent and they just follow the guitar but you know when i see a bass player really writing you know it's really really impressive and i, and I really take notice of it Yeah, absolutely. Steve Harris is another great, you know, songwriter and bass player. David Ellison of Megadeth gets praised for that a lot because he kind of comes up with his own parts that kind of add to the whole composition, just not mirroring the guitar, you know? Yeah, Dave Ellison is a fantastic bass player, and I've seen Megadeth played many, many times. And yeah, it's just like you say, it's like, you know, he doesn't necessarily have to follow the guitar. You know, he's a bass player's bass player. People like that, I just love to watch them all day long. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, with that, you would probably love Thundercat because he is a composer as well as the bass player. Mm. He's a very prominent songwriter. And the other thing about him is that he plays six string bass. And that kind of ties into this because I read somewhere, and forgive me because I can't remember where I heard this, I just had it floating around, but I heard that you've branched out into playing six-string bass on this new record. Is that true? Well, close. On this record, I play eight-string bass. Ah, yes. Now, it's not like the way you think of like a six-string bass. It would be like, if you think of like a 12-string guitar where every time you hit a note, you're actually hitting two notes at the same time. So there's like a high string and a low string. And when you hit the note, you get a real full sound of a high and a low. So it's not like it's eight different strings. It's like four strings and then four real light strings closely attached. But I'll tell you, it really gives you a real full sound. You get a full spectrum of sound. And I use this on a couple of tracks on the record. And it really sounds cool, especially if I've been using it for stuff where there's maybe no rhythm guitar there and you need something to really fill it up. And the eight string really, really works nice. I've never actually recorded with a six string and I do own a five string. I don't really play it that much. The only time I kind of use it is when I have to work on a project where, you know, maybe it's tuned really, really well. So, you know, I have no choice but to use it. And I guess it's really just kind of honestly kind of laziness on my part, I have Mm -hmm. to admit. But, you know, maybe in the future I'll go to that. But, boy, I love watching guys play the six strings. It's, Mm -hmm. it's It's really amazing to watch. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. 
But yes, the new album has just been like one of many projects that you've been working on this year because you released an album with Ross the Boss back in March and you've got a new one coming out in like fall time with uh, Death Dealer. Is that right? Yes, absolutely. This year, you know, was, I, I was on a lot of stuff. In March, we had the Ross the Boss and then I was also on an album. The band was called Dead Risen. Ah. Which was it was a debut album in the vein of like Rainbow Meets Testament, you know, really Ooh. cool record. Yeah. Um, then of course the uh, Silent Assassins record last Friday. Death Dealer is coming up, so I'm really excited. I'm like a workaholic, and mm-hmm. and you know people always ask me, you know, how can you do so many projects? And I guess just love working with different musicians and learning their techniques and taking different roles in different bands and it, it just makes me a better player and and i just you know i just love to learn I, you know, I never stop learning yeah absolutely yeah of course the more you put yourself out there and in like musical situations that you aren't comfortable with or at least as as comfortable with you'll always continue to grow but yeah, kind of going back to more Silent Assassin stuff, with the first album and the band's conception, you had to self-release it, at least in the United States. Well, in Europe, they had a record label do it for you. And I guess my question as pertaining to that, and as somebody who has gone through that with this project, what does college radio mean for you? Because college radio is like one of the many ways that artists nowadays and throughout the years have promoted their new music. Right, right, right. College radio, you know, it's all over the United States. And it's a job that's really necessary in the music business. And I think really bands should embrace college radio. And there's a lot of great ones out there. You know, I remember when I was just starting out, you know, there was a really cool college radio station here in New Jersey called WSOU, and they would play heavy metal. And they helped a lot of bands. So, you know, I would encourage... A lot of bands not to just shoot for the most widely known radio stations like liquid metal or something you know I mean mm-hmm. uh, check out the college radio stations and, and I think the college radio stations if they like your stuff they'll really get behind it it's definitely worthwhile and I appreciate college radio you know my whole career I have absolutely yeah of course of course well I won't keep you for much longer I only have one question left for you and that is do you have anything left that you want to promote or say to the WXAV listener base based in Chicago yeah uh, if you're working on anything new or have anything to promote or say go ahead (laughs) okay sure for uh, your listeners out there that know who I am and that have supported me in all my 20 years in Symphony X, you know, I just want to say thank you so much. I really appreciate all your support. I've got a new album I just released. Uh, the band's called Mike LaPon's Silent Assassins. The album is called Whore of Babylon. It's on Silver Lining Music. You could basically get it wherever you get your music from. And, you know, if you like classic metal and ancient history, I think you'll like it. So, Listen, stay positive, stay safe, and I'll see you guys soon, hopefully. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much, Mike. It was a pleasure having you and talking to you today. Have a good one, man. Well, thank you very much, and you have a great day, Luke. All right, of course, man. Thanks so much. Goodbye. Thank you very much for listening to this WXAV 88.3 FM podcast.
Be sure to visit our website, wxav.com, for more information on your escape from Ordinary Radio.